Hi, team. Hello, Mike. Hi. Hi. So we have another guest with us this evening, which is fantastic. Uh, how is everyone this evening? Yeah, pretty good. It doesn't feel like evening. We're getting a bit more light. It's not as depressing as when we started at these, and it was dark at five. So noticing that, which is nice. Yeah, it's actually, as you can see outside now, which is a, a pleasant change. Mm. It does make a full difference. How are you, Tess? Yeah, very well, thanks. Cracking on uh, with training. Uh, I managed to do some running this week, so that's a positive. So we're going in the right direction, at least. So very happy. Oh, great stuff. And uh, welcome, Hattie. Thanks, thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, So, Hattie, who are you? And uh, why have we dragged you on here tonight? Um, so yeah, my name's Hattie. I'm a, I'm a performance nutritionist. Um, so I guess sort of like a bit of my background is I'm based at Loughborough Sport um, four days a week. So supporting the student athletes there. Um, I've done the last sort of like four and a half years with the men and women's uh, hockey squads, um, which has been great, like really exciting journey. Um, great athletes, great coaches and support staff over there. And then my other um one day a week is with the english institute of sport and i consult with british rowing um through them so yeah a really good mix nice that's really cool and i love the fact you've got the different sports as well that must be really nice yeah it definitely um like keeps it interesting and like every day is just so different and i guess also like from my perspective you know working with those athletes who are um students who compete at bucks um all the way up to like the olympic um and international kind of level so yeah really exciting oh it's awesome how do you um how do you deal with the first years oh yeah it's definitely a good challenge um yeah that mix of them like I guess in a non-covid world coming in first year like not really knowing what they're doing wanting to go out partying kind of like balancing that with terms of like if um say for example like hockey and the prem team like balancing that training with them academic commitments that sort of thing um but yeah it's fun really fun it's funny because I remember my first year and I think everybody well I think most people realize that first year you're gonna have a slightly different uh, schedule to say. Yeah. Um, so I remember after my first term going back to, back home and my mum was like, what have you been doing? I was like, I've been playing hockey like six times a week. I don't understand. And she's like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, just first yeah. year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just to think in terms of like um, catered halls, like your classic yeah. fry-up breakfast you know massive portion sizes is that it is absolutely great but yeah it's um when you kind of fall into that like performance um athlete bracket as well it's yeah balancing the two can be quite tricky but what's first year beauty for really so (laughs) yeah (laughs) got to get out there and enjoy yourself most definitely so so hats like it's good to really good to get you on obviously I know you quite a bit from before and sort of said to Mike uh, this would be a really cool specialist to get on. So we've done some sports psych stuff. We've had Brett on talking about more hockey stuff last week. We've talked about coaching stuff. We figured your discipline would be like a really useful thing for yeah. the 101 audience. So a lot of younger club players, aspiring club players, want to go and probably imagine some of the people that come through, like where Tesco's gone to Durham or come to Loughborough, just the phase before that, that 
aspiring to get to one of those programs. So going to put a couple of scenarios your way and talk about what yeah. you think that like, really good practice for an athlete would be in these situations. So um, finish school, home at 4.30, 5 o'clock, whatever. Got to be out the door at 6.30 for training that starts at 7. What's good practice for that window? And then the during training and then the recovery bit for that, say, training night. Cool. So I think with that, if you've got a really quick turnaround from sort of when you get back from school, like to training, sort of like main thing you're focusing on is just some really like quick and simple sort of like carbohydrate based snacks. So, for example, um, if you had time, something like um, toast with like peanut butter and jam on, like a small bowl of cereal. If you're literally like grabbing something and just leaving things like banana, um I'm a massive fan of saurine or like a fruit bread, um, cereal bars. Yeah, so good. Rice cakes, those sort of things. Just something you can like grab and go, basically. Um, so like during a training session, I guess sort of main thing to focus on is just staying on top of your hydration. Um, really important from a um, like a cognitive perspective. Um, so making sure that you can like understand the drill, understand what the coach is saying. Um, those sort of things I guess if it's a really like long intense session you could bring like a little snack with you as well maybe like a banana or something but I guess from like my experience and kind of like being around training sessions there's not always the time to take on um snacks like that um Mm -hmm. and then recovery again for me um especially if you've got like a long journey home or something making sure that you've got something with you um in the car so like really good option for that would be like a chocolate milk or something like that um so really good for rehydrating um source of carbohydrate and source of protein really and then the post when they get home would you what's the what's good protocols around like post training even if it is quite late is it important to what's the right level of sort of for recovery even if it is oh yeah the offsetting of oh it's 10 o'clock what should I do don't have something too heavy still need to recover properly it can be a tricky time with the late finish yeah absolutely and I think with that even if you do get back and it is a late finish like it's still really important to to have something um to really sort of like help you recover um sort of like in my eyes like worst thing that you could do is just get home and just go to sleep um it's just not going to support recovery at all so I guess even if you could just have like a light meal um so let's think really simply like scrambled eggs on toast baked beans on toast um something like that is better than nothing um even if you could like a really quick like chicken stir fry or something like that um I guess sort of like a good habit to get into is kind of trying to think in advance so can you like batch cook something in the week which you can literally get home take out of the fridge and then have it as soon as you get in um so minimum time cooking um but still get a good meal in and can get to bed at a reasonable time still this is um throwing me back to my 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 days when I used to go between school and training in the evenings Um, and I used to have those like ready meal um pastas before training so I would get home about 4 30 5 o'clock and then yeah and then I would have one of those training at seven and then when I come back my mum would have made dinner and so I've effectively had two dinners but yeah. we um we she was so supportive of me yeah uh, making sure that was fueled for these sessions because otherwise you you just you burn out after such a long yeah. day 
yeah absolutely and like from my perspective if you can't go to a training session and kind of like give your all um then almost like what what's the point um like everyone wants to go and like train hard um so yeah need to make sure you're fueling from that and and again after like you go to train to get better like adapt um and you need to recover well to support those adaptations um got a quick question from uh Ben O'Horan, uh, halftime jelly babies, good or bad? I guess halftime in a game or even like midway through a training, yes or no? I'm a, I'm a massive fan of a halftime jelly baby, yes. I will be honest. So, <laughs> like, I've, um, I've worked with athletes in the past or gone to like game days and um, they've brought like a um, packet of sweets and they're trying to like hide it from me. And I'm like, why are you trying to hide it from me? Like, <laughs> Here I'll have a few as well. So yeah, I'm a massive fan of um sweets at halftime. Excellent, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've done we've covered training hats. Let's talk a little bit about game days mm-hmm. and like certain pushbacks lend themselves to different strategies. So if you've got a an eleven, twelve pushback, it'd be kind of the the breakfast that you'd advocate the high high cut reasonably high carb good source of protein like normal but what happens if it's like a tricky in between you want like a a 230 or a three is that any once or eat twice kind of strategy and if there's a bit of travel there what's your what's your, your key things to think about there yeah so um i guess pushback times can be a bit of a, a nightmare um and can kind of like just push your like normal eating behaviors um around a bit so I let's just if you go for an example of like a half two pushback I would definitely do like an eat twice sort of situation just really making sure that you're fueling well um that might mean like an an earlier um breakfast and then sort of like a brunch type um meal so even if you went for like a bowl of pasta or beans on toast or something like that more around sort of like that half 11 um mark just to like leave enough time yeah. for digestion too um you also mentioned travel um which is a classic for us girls um at Loughborough especially now being in the Premier League playing like a lot of um like the London-based clubs and stuff so if we do have long travel we normally promote kind of like taking plenty of snacks on the bus maybe like a breakfast or something that they can um put in the fridge overnight and like just take with them so things like um granola with like yogurt overnight oats like smoothies those sort of things just to kind of really help them fuel and hydrate before the game mm-hmm. is there a time frame pre-game where you uh, you should say right actually at this point stop eating big stuff like and actually give yourself that time to digest what's the kind of time frame roughly? so it's massively individualized um so we normally say like a pre-game meal sort of like a three to four hour mark um before pushback and then another like pre-game snack like an hour before um but that is so individual like some people really can't eat close to um sort of pushback or need like long to digest or that sort of thing so what we kind of try and promote is kind of practicing like pre-game strategies like around a training session if possible um and just really kind of like experimenting with different types of food and different timings to kind of just work out what works best for them and like what they believe makes them play as best as they can Mm -hmm. cool so a couple of like 
questions and then they, they are like, like either or. Yeah. Let's say why. Um, you can say both as well, I suppose. Water okay. or isotonics. Say that again, sorry. Water or isotonics for during a training session or game. It depends. I know that's, yeah, that's my, very... So, so it'd be good to know why, why it depends. Yeah, so um, I would say any long or intense training session, um, like a carbohydrate-based drink, um, is good. Um, anything sort of like lower level, less intense, water would be fine. Um, but yeah, so it depends. Is there a point that you can go too far on the isotonics and you just, you can't, you don't need any more of the stuff that's in one, if that makes sense. And that's when you almost should be on the water, if that makes sense. Like, cause I've played um, before that'd be banging like three through, through three Lucas eggs a game. Like we're yeah. not really watering, like that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not necessary. And I guess like the reason yeah. why we use like, the the carb based drinks like is just for that that extra energy. So if you if you feel like you are really reliant on them to get you through the game, like I would be questioning like what you would do, what you're eating before a game to make you feel like you need like three sports drinks to get you through. Um so yeah, and I would say like definitely nail that sort of like pre-game meal and snack before thinking about your league state sports or whatever it might be. So just had a re- another question coming, which I think ties in really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel for energy gels for teens? Like, you know, uh, the example is Sunday 16, parents not convinced, is there a better way? And I guess that comes back to what you were saying earlier. And if they're reliant on it, then what's their intake before? Yeah, yeah, I think that's such a good question. And I think um, the whole sort of energy gels massively brings up um, sort of like a conversation around supplements and actually like at what level are they necessary in a a test? I don't know what you think about this at all, but like my approach is supplements. So things like energy gels are definitely that extra like 1% like top end of your, your game sort of like games. Um, so yeah, I would say like in answer to this question, energy gels probably aren't necessary. Um, so better things to be having are, um, kind of like beforehand, like your bananas, your cereal bars to really get that extra energy. And then during like a game, um, things like going back to like the jelly babies or like a few, a handful of sweets or something will, will do just as good as job as those gels. I've heard you say before, Hattie, that you wouldn't necessarily advocate the supplement approach so you're getting all the big stuff right the food the food stuffs so yeah so you get that piece right as well yeah 100% like just get the basics done um really well before you start thinking about those extra one percent from supplements so again on like the 101 audience it's kind of getting to that athlete's age that comes to the academies where they start going to the gym and then yeah. they get exposed to that uh the, the culture around supplements in the gym so what are like the do's and don'ts for a young athlete with like protein powder and like the most pop that's probably the most popular one is it whey protein what are the 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 kind of principles to work to yeah so um yeah whey protein is like massive I think it's just so promoted through like social media and online platforms as well it's almost seen as like this 
like golden ticket to make like strength gains and stuff like that um so I think first of all um I guess there's kind of like two stems to this um whey protein isn't necessary so like you could go to a gym session finish like have a pint of milk glass of milk um greek yogurt another sort of snack which is high in protein so things like beef jerky those sort of things which would do exactly the same as the whey protein um i think on top of that as well supplements need to be like batch tested um and you really need to sort of think of like assess why you need it like a supplement assess the risk and assess the consequences if those supplements aren't batch tested or informed sport um and yeah i would always take food first approach um when possible so just to explain what informed sport is hats to maybe a younger audience who've not been exposed to that yet yeah so informed sport is essentially um making sure that any supplement or substance that you put in your body um isn't contaminated um so if you took um let's say any sort of supplement which, which was contaminated it can lead to like a ban from your sport um so it's just making sure that everyone is competing on like a, a level playing field basically um and like yeah what we're putting into our body isn't cheating or doping or anything like that and it's yeah it's um yeah it's good basically so and I guess the biggest way to not put yourself at risk of doing that is just take a food first approach rather than supplements yeah and if people are going to check something there is the just straight out on the website aren't you for yeah yeah the product and ingredients yeah all you need to do is put in your um the product name um or there's a batch number on whatever product you take as well. And if it's not on the website, then don't take it. What's the website? And I'll just put it in. It's Informsport. I'm going to say it's .com, but it could be .co.uk. <laughs> so interesting. When we had Joe on, sorry, Ted, when we had Joe on a couple of weeks who did Antarctica, he swore by chocolate milk and he was like, I need yeah. nothing. And, you know, in his training and everything else he I mean he may as well have turned into a chocolate milk at one point but like <laughs> every every run every training session every gym like he was just smashing back pints of chocolate milk because he was like yeah. I don't want to take protein I don't I don't see the point it's not gonna it's not gonna make that difference and obviously when he was pre- pre- preparing for Antarctica then it was just like right I need 6,000 calories a day to yeah get myself ready um but yeah just to highlight like he did something incredible and he was just chocolate milk he didn't take protein or anything else so yeah there's that there's a real and for me chocolate milk just tastes so much better than any other protein shake out there will ever taste so <laughs> very true sorry yeah. i cut you off there go on tess yeah oh yeah i was just gonna say that um growing up there was i didn't fully appreciate how important protein was um but not talking about the supplement side but just generally post training and it was only really when I got to the under 16 England team that they um explained a little bit about nutrition and there's 20 grams of protein after Mm. after sessions and so when I go and speak to schools um it's one of the things that I tell them is but the way you get there is literally just a glass of milk or or yogurt after and, and a banana and getting the carbohydrate in there as well um and even now we are encouraged to do a food-based approach rather than using supplements because um like you say about the informed sport and the 100 percent me performance um that's what they that's what they call it 100 percent me um 
there's such a fear because you can get a two to four year ban if you are if you get and when we were told that at 16 everyone was like holy moly that means I'll be 20 by the time I get to play hockey again you know and so if you can get it from chicken or like or yogurt or um I use pea protein now um because I just find it it's just so much safer batch tested um and that yeah that really helps me so that's just what I want to say that's awesome another one that's kind of in vogue a little bit from like two perspectives the the tablet form but everyone there's a we've got a growing coffee culture in this country Mm -hmm. so everyone's getting on I'm certainly drinking more coffee now that might just be adulthood I don't know but um (laughs) certainly drinking more coffee so what's the, the thinking with like caffeine and performance and particularly like young and developing players and does that change when you get a bit older I again would say that that's um definitely like an extra one percent um you know kind of like when you're kind of further along the pathway um I would say sort of like club level not necessarily something you need to be knocking back or taking caffeine tablets or chewing gum or anything like that um I honestly think like at that level just really get your basics done um because there's so much to be said of just like fueling well having like a good pre-game meal which you believe in and you think that makes you feel at your best and perform at your best and like getting that all in place before looking at those extra one percent okay perfect so yeah I had a an interesting sort of experience of caffeine at the beginning when I joined the program everybody was taking caffeine pills before mm. Well, my most people in the changing rooms before a game um and I was quite surprised because I didn't really understand caffeine that was something that we would never talk about um and then I had a couple of instances where I did take caffeine tablets for like trialing before before trialing them before matches and things like that um and I just felt quite shaky on the pitch yeah um, yeah and my decision making was off and then I realized I'm not, I don't need to take caffeine because I want to be like completely present in the moment. And so I found for me, it's just kind of, it didn't really help, but I always have a coffee in the morning. So that helps. Yeah. Do you develop a tolerance to it, Hattie? So if you start, if you regu- say you regularly lose ca- caffeine pre-performance, does that have like diminishing gains because you don't have the same st- stimulus to it anymore? The response to that? Um, so the research kind of says that even if you are like um, a habitual caffeine drinker, you can still get a response in terms if you were to take like a caffeine gum or a caffeine tablet. But if you are um, if you drink caffeine less, like normally through tea or coffee or whatever, you will probably have it'll probably have more of an effect on you versus someone mm-hmm. who just drinks it habitually, if that makes sense. Got you. Yeah. yeah. I guess the last question I had, and this is a a topic that we've covered from every angle with every guest we've had on, from a hockey, a psych, a mindset, this rubbish period we're in, Mm. what challenges are we facing in the youth senior athletes from a nutrition standpoint around not being able to train in the way they normally would or at all and being homebound? So how are you supporting athletes differently with this period? Um. So personally, what I've been doing from a work perspective at the moment is, I guess I'm I'm really fortunate in terms of I can still do a lot of my um, 
one-to-one consultations like online um so I've been really fortunate in terms of like that hasn't changed too much um continues doing lots of workshops which is good I guess one fun thing that we we've done or at least I found it fun (laughs) is um more sort of like group cooking sessions Um, and sometimes we just use that as a social um as well because like don't know about you guys but my normal life I would probably go out and eat maybe two or three times a week whereas like now I'm like oh god I have to think about what I'm going to eat for dinner like again um so I guess kind of like just doing more sort of like group sessions online it's been like a nice fun social thing we've been able to like just cook different meals and those sort of things just to like keep it interesting really perfect we've actually got one in the diary with Sam next week on yeah yeah that should be fun uh, I'm feeling that Brett's already getting quite competitive about it. So, <coughs> sounds like right. <laughs> um, and then, what's like, what challenges is it throwing up for the athletes that you're supporting, Hattie? What sort of things are they dealing with, and how are they dealing with them from a nutrition perspective? Um, I guess sort of just um, just like lack of routine, really, more than anything. Um, so, kind of just trying to like have shift their. Um, eating habits especially if they've kind of gone from training multiple times a day um to a lot less so kind of just switching um maybe like their normal like high carb like high carbohydrate meals the ones which are more protein based so just adapting that um adapting that really yeah yeah I suppose a nice unintended consequence there's not many too many good ones of this period but might be better cooking skills yeah definitely you know, you get a bit more experiment in the kitchen, a few more ingredients, better knife skills, yeah. a bit more. It could, could it be one of the few positives. Yeah, 100%. So next yeah. year, especially when they come in, you need them on like an advanced class with them because they're all, I did that in lockdown. I know how to do an onion. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, she should see my cooking skills as well. So I think some of, some of the athletes now are like taking over mine. I'm just a normal like spag bowl kind of girl. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people have like just started instagram cook off cooking pages yeah. up everywhere aren't they so it's become a very in vogue thing and that probably will help an athlete population i guess this, this generation i think yeah in the long run so maybe there are some lifelong skills been learned which is cool i think i've asked enough guys and i, I know how you pretty well so is there anything that you two want to find out and um dig a bit deeper with yeah, I'd love to. Um, I have a have a list of questions, but I'll. Um, I'll I'd love to know um, about the little one percenters you think that have been made over the last maybe like five years for athletes. Um, and like, are you things like I don't know beet beet juice or um, uh, like creatine tablets and things like that? W- what role do they play now? Um. I still I do still think they they do play a role depending on what level that athlete is at um so for example um when I work with the rowers it is a is a situation where we do just throw the kitchen sink at them because they are looking for those very like marginal gains um so example like for example with the creatine it definitely still does play a role in sort of like um strength gain as an example but as long as you've kind of got those basics right as well so in terms of like the amount that you're eating that protein you're getting in through your diet so yeah I would say they definitely do do 
still play a role. It's just got to be for the right type of athlete, if that makes sense. Yeah, because my nutritionist with um, GB Hockey said that there was this tablet called creatine, which can help you do repeat high intensity effort more often. And I was like, hang on a second. Why have I not heard of this before? (laughs) Get me on this. Yeah. but then I, yeah, so I wasn't sure if it was, it's not going to be a miracle, you know, supplement unless you've got everything else there. But like, have you, have you ever, so what do the, what do the rowers, um, what are those marginal gains that, that they are looking for? Um, do you mean from like a physical perspective or? Yeah. And like a nutritional, what they're like the one things. Yeah. So um, I guess sort of like, being able to just generate lots of power so again we use things like creatine I guess also even from like a health perspective um so being able to like be available for all training sessions so we'll put in like a load of um like immunity stuff as well for them so everything from like fit d to help them with like um bone health and but also we do a lot around stuff like gut health as well so probiotics um yakol actimel that sort of thing um but yeah, it's very much like do everything we can, um, especially with this year, COVID going on, but also obviously going to the Olympics as well. Um, so yeah, we just try and exhaust everything really. That's so cool. Yeah, I when I uh, when I broke my hand last last year, two years ago or something, I don't know, two years ago, um, I was taking uh, calcium tablets. And yeah, it's just like shoving them down like grow back grow back yeah. <laughs> it's like it's going directly in into the bone yeah um, and then my other kind of question is about um people talk about consistency with nutrition but is there can there be sort of like a five day two day sort of um plan where you sort of go mm-hmm. really healthy for five days or and then kind of give yourself a bit of a break on the weekend or is you do you see athletes as needing that consistency? Um, I I think consistency is important, but I also really recognise that like athletes are human beings too. Like they're not robots. So being like, oh, you need to eat well a hundred percent of the time, like seven days a week. You know, it's just not always it's not possible like nobody is like that so you know throwing in treats or I don't know like chocolate biscuits that sort of thing like that is that is completely fine like that's not going to make you a bad athlete or unsuccessful um so I just I do try and just kind of say everything in moderation um you know to a degree you still want to be able to like protect those important training sessions making sure that you feel well for them recover well after um but yeah you need you need treats in there as well especially at the moment <laughs> has anybody seen the rock's instagram and his cheat days anybody... no. wow yes. it's <laughs> there are cheat days and then there is my entire calorie intake in 24 hours oh I don't know if your average person could take on that amount of food and (laughs) magnetize it. Crazy stuff like the the stacks of the pancakes with the bacon and maple syrup. Then he's having 
pastrami it's, sandwiches it's and you know, it's like, what's going on there? <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, if you Google the rock cheat day, Google it, it will blow your mind. <laughs> Don't necessarily try it at home, but um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's certainly impressive. Patsy, yeah. I had um, had one more question. Yeah. Um, for the younger students out there, uh, younger athletes, uh, so there's a there's there's a classic um, when you're when you want to become an athlete, you're thinking about um, your body type, um, mm. but also your performance. And there's especially uh, not just in young girls, and um, but but boys as well. There is this stigma around having I don't know excess body fat that you think um, is not going to make you an, an athlete and fortunately when I was growing up I never really thought about it because I was mm. just going to play hockey but there are those pressures when you go to the camps and you see other people and because sport is a physical thing you are you're exchanging looks and seeing appearances and sometimes you can think I might be picked because I look really athletic um but I might not, you know, or, or I don't look athletic sort of thing. So I was wondering if you had any advice for like a, I don't know, we can say it's a younger test, potentially that makes it easier. Yeah. Um, if she was, or um, like a younger Mike, if he was struggling with his um, relationship to food, what would your, what would your advice be? Um, I think that's like such a great question. Um and I think it's it's a problem that we probably are seeing more and more of as well. Um, and I think especially because access to social media, um, influencers, models, those sort of things, like people are constantly comparing. Um, my biggest bit of advice would just be to understand that everyone is so different. Um, everyone has very different body shapes just because someone looks a certain way and that works for them doesn't mean that it will work for you and ultimately the most important things are um number one like your health there's no point in trying to get into a tiny size if you are constantly ill um putting that pressure on yourself can also make you injured as well which again one of the last things that you want um and also like just from a mental health perspective um people are putting more more pressure like on themselves to be a certain size um and it's just not it's just not necessary um yeah everyone is really individual um and like first and foremost you should just be looking to kind of like fuel fuel well play well and then recover well after um I think especially at the moment with COVID and going on it is I am working with athletes who are kind of struggling more with that relationship with food. Um, and I just really encourage people to sort of like reach out um, to a coach, to someone else on their team, if they are struggling with a nutritionist, there's some really good like charities out there as well, which they can look into. So places like Beat, um, First Steps are also really good charities to have a look at too. That's really, it's something that um, I think, probably is starting to be talked about a little bit more now but yeah. elite athletes are still very mindful or careful about what they say about their own sort of relationship with food and mm -hmm. I think that that needs to be changed um, especially because um, when you watch a sport because it's such a visual thing you feel like as an athlete you're being what yeah um, 
But at the end of the day, if the ball goes in the back of the net, then everyone's going to be cheering no matter if you personally yeah. think you're, you should be a size smaller or something. So I just wanted to get it out there to everybody, or whoever needs to hear it, that that your relationship to food is really important. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Do you see a lot how people kind of, in young athletes, complain body image and performance as like the, the same thing when they're entirely separate things? Yeah, um, I think lots of them are starting to put it under the that same umbrella, like, oh, to be a successful athlete, I need to look like X, um, which just isn't the case at all. Um, And I completely agree with Tess that people need to talk about this sort of thing more. Um, And it's all it's almost been pushed into like, oh, it's it's now becoming like a cultural thing. Like, I don't know. So, for example, you know, if you have like low, um, like, uh, body composition, you might not have like a menstrual cycle and things like that. And people are like, "Oh, well, that's that's normal." It's like, but it's not. And like these issues definitely need to be to be spoken about more because um, it is so important. And you know, it's not the health implications of trying to be like a more petite size. Like, it's not just in that moment. It's like it's lifelong problems that can catch up with you in like 10 15 years time that sort of thing and yeah I think just like Tess said like raising more awareness around that and just more education really yeah and I you know I'll I'll be completely honest like I had not a very good relationship with food when I was 17 18 19 um really struggled with it uh quite a lot actually uh yeah me a couple of years to really come out the back end of it and actually feel like oh and actually understand because in my head I was like oh you know I need to be lighter faster whatever so actually you know that was kind of my but I didn't have the yeah. understanding I didn't have the knowledge or the the experience so for yeah. now we're kind of going I would have been twice the player if I'd actually just sorted my nutrition out and actually managed it better um, yeah. and actually, put on muscle and actually tried to you know do it that way and actually you know fuel properly and everything else and I would have been far better player Uh, yeah but actually it's one of those things you learn in hindsight yeah and I think with that as well Mike like stereotypically you you always think that these sort of problems just affect like females um but it's absolutely not the case like low self-esteem or problems like body image can affect like every absolutely everyone um so yeah it definitely needs to be spoken about more yeah 100 percent um we've got three questions in here yeah uh, and then if there's anything else from either give or test then we'll go from there so uh we've got brit brody who's a i'm a massive fan of yeah uh, uh, she's a coach in america um so she's putting data aids get out and what's your opinion so i don't know what that is so i'm putting the question out <laughs> It, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's like a carbohydrate mouth rinse. I think it's oh, yeah. It's like Lucozade, but you yeah. like yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think um, some of the research does say that 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 can work. Um, and again, really good if you um, kind of get like stomach upset from like sports drinks and things like that because it's not actually entering the system. It's more of like a cognitive um, effect. Um, so yeah. Good option, definitely. I don't know if get do they make a product that's specific to 
is meant to be spat out. Like that's the idea of the end user. Or do athletes just buy Gatorade, swill it, and spit it? <laughs> Which is, um, do you know what? Like, that's a really good question. I don't actually know if they do. Like, they buy, is, is there a product on the shelf? Like this is the spirit yeah. stuff you can drink. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there should be. Otherwise, that's a yeah. massive waste of like a Lucasade sport or whatever it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Rip put back. Yes, that is exactly what you know, the whole swirl and spit yeah. and actually the, the research behind that. So, yeah. Not very COVID-safe, is it? No, not actually. Moment, no. I was thinking that. <laughs> um, and then I've got okay, two yellow. questions from Wayne. Uh, so, first one. Uh, I'm told that eating red meat before a game is no-go as it's longer to digest. Is this correct? And if so, what else should be avoided? So, just a quick kind of not great things to try and put in your body before training and games yeah so I think um red meat does take longer to digest so probably something you wouldn't want in your sort of like pre-game strategy um we tend to say try and stay away from anything which is um high in fat so like um cheese like heavy creams those sort of things just because it does take much um it does take a longer time to digest and you don't want any like stomach upset or anything when you're mid-game um so yeah we just say kind of stick to your your basic carbohydrates and a small source of protein cool and would you say that red meat extends to the evening before a game as well um Is is it like that slow to digest if you know what i mean yeah I think you'd get away with it having it in your night before meal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you – so you said, what, creams, cheese, uh, heavy cream, sorry, cheese, and then – Yeah, anything which is typically, like, um, like high in fat, basically. Even things like, um, things like avocado, um, like uh, oily fish, those sort of things can, can, can cause, like, stomach upset as well. Mm-hmm. I love my avocado on a Saturday before. Yeah. So it's slightly different. <laughs> um, very Marlow of me. Right. Uh, and the other one was uh, no, do not, firstly, don't apologize for asking questions. That's why we have these amazing experts and guests over there. So questions are good. Um, right. Vitamins. What advice do you give 16 year olds? He's uh, performance center. So, yeah, as we're saying, exactly like the right demographic for the 101 academies and stuff, like trains pretty much all the time. Yeah. What's the advice on vitamins? Um, so it's hard to give out like specific advice. I would say if you are having a balanced diet, um, you shouldn't necessarily be deficient in like um, vitamins. Um, so, for example, like vitamin C, for example, you're going to get that from um, most fruit and veg, to be fair, but typically like your citrus based fruits so like oranges kiwis those sort of things um i guess vitamin d might be something you want to look in kind of like over the winter months but i would really kind of recommend um getting like a blood test for that just to make sure like how much they would need to take um from a vitamin d perspective um but yeah it wouldn't necessarily be something you need to like supplement on top you should be able to just get that through like a balanced diet and a multivitamin like is that worth anything or is it just a I honestly think if um they're getting in like plenty of fruit and veg maybe some fruit juice as well it wouldn't necessarily be something they would need to take 
fun. Uh, and then last question, just got one more from Brit. Um, upcoming schedule is crazy. Three games, four days, times two. Wow, that is, that is a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, any tricks rise? And I guess, like, this isn't just for Brit, but a lot of these young athletes will play hockey, football, rugby, tennis, yeah. football, like, athletics. Like, they'll do so much. Um <laughs> so just before we answer Britt's question, <laughs> just I'm gonna make sure it's a balance line. Oh. Yes. <laughs> um so yeah, like kids do so much anyway. So I think yes, this will apply for to Brit, but actually if they're you know doing performance center, you know, they may be really good at three or four sports plus life and growing and everything else. Like any trips or advice to dealing with those heavy heavy times when it's a bit crazy yeah so I would say um if you have like a double header weekend as an example just really be on it from a recovery perspective so any sort of like games or training sessions which are in quick um like succession you just really need to make sure that you are hitting sort of we call them like the three hours of recovery so um making sure that you're like replenishing your glycogen stores so getting in plenty of carbohydrates I would say again if you're training the next day or have a match like just make sure that you go for a really good like helping of that uh, make sure you're repairing the muscles so plenty of protein um Tess mentioned it earlier but like a minimum of 20 grams so like for example that kind of looks like um like a pint of milk or like 150 grams of yogurt a chicken breast a tin of tuna um, and then make sure that you're re- really rehydrating as well and I think even then if you can kind of like incorporate a smoothie or something as part of your rehydration um you can be getting like extra carbs and protein in through that um good question with the tart cherry juice again sort of like extra one percent um so i don't know sort of like what level um of athletes it works with but yeah um you college, can... so be, take similar to us at yeah. top college yeah same sort of population. yeah yeah, so I guess you could kind of put like a tart cherry juice in there as well. That sort of like helps with the anti-inflammatory. Um, but again, sort of like extra 1% and just make sure they're getting in the right carbs and protein before doing that. Is there anywhere like where, and I guess this is my last question, um, where is a good place for people to get signposted for nutrition stuff? And I think it's one of those things where I think if you're passionate about it, you're in the know, then you kind of, you go along a you're in a pretty good route if you know if you're not and you're maybe come from a family that you know isn't sporty whatever and you're mm. having to learn this for yourself like where's some really good places to get the information because i think there's a lot of myths and there's a lot yeah. of like garbage out there in terms of what you should and shouldn't do like where you know if you're talking to a an 18 year old just coming into at, up to Loughborough, like where would you signpost them for like to go and look research whatever so I think my kind of a go-to place would be the British Dietetics Association so like BDA and they have like a special sports nutrition section on that um they do like lots of um like fact sheets um which kind of says like what to have before and what to have after some examples and things like that um so that would be my go-to um there's also um 
like the nutrition uh, nutrition association website which will have lots more information on on too um so yeah those would be my top go-to um so yeah amazing and um maybe if you, obviously we've tweeted about um we've tweeted about the show and everything else so maybe Hattie afterwards if you could like just write it in there so then the guys can see that that would be amazing yeah. so then yeah, that would be really helpful thank you so much um yeah and again someone's just put it here the the internet can lead you to sponsored sites which aren't always an unbiased opinion you know people yeah. the you know make some dollar so sometimes yeah. you get put down the, you get put down bad rabbit holes so yeah it's uh it's it's sometimes not the easiest thing in the world um tess and gibbo anything else or gibby as we said oh, yeah that was good today thanks for that. <laughs> gibby um <laughs> glad that went out on air um <laughs> so payback for tessinator tessinator not me blame andy bradshaw for that one um so my last question the only thing i sketched down was i guess like do we know everything about nutrition it's just the case of applying it or is there still stuff that's been researched like on the cutting edge that maybe there's a few things we don't know and like what's is there a next big sort of breakthrough or thing or do we know everything it's just about applying so i think there's always loads of new um stuff coming up so we know the basics like we know about the macros and the micronutrients they'll be looking at like the extra one percent in terms of like timings of food serving sizes of food those sort of things um there's loads of research coming out on sort of um like female athlete health which I think is so exciting so a lot around sort of like energy availability um like menstrual cycles, bone health, those sort of things. So I think we, we know the basics, but we're always like, we're building on it. We're building on that, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, be interesting Ooh. to see where nutrition goes over the next like five or 10 years, I think. Awesome. That's all I had, Mike. Tess, anything from you? No, thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's been it's been a real pleasure. So thank you so much. And uh, yeah, as we as we said before, this will go out. Uh, this has obviously been out on YouTube and Facebook, and they'll be free to watch after that, uh, and also be available on all your favourite podcasts. So anybody following afterwards, give us a like, give us a follow, and yeah, listen to it to your heart's content because I think there's some real gold in this. Um, and thank you so much for joining us on episode ten. Episode thank ten, that's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no thank you very much guys and yeah cannot wait to see you all very very soon so yeah next week show 11 more to follow on that so see you all very soon bye guys bye guys